right, let's get right into it. Good evening, good evening, good evening. You are listening to another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you? Doing all righty. Doing all righty. I'm doing well. Doing well. Well, which way do you want the uh, podcast to begin? We'll talk about the Texans well, that, that, beginning that, that, the Ryan Mallet era with a win, a road win? No, let's finish up with the two teams that finished up their football season on yesterday. And that would be? That would be PV and TSU uh, and, and, and HBU. HBU got smacked around, so you're going to talk about that, please. And, and I'm going to I'm talk about that because uh, two things. One, what was the score? They, it was 76 or nothing. <laughs> I want you to say it out loud. No, that, I, I had no problem because I, 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 I wrapped up the team. Did you say they still going to beat TSU? Yes. That's sad. And I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you but why. TSU, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he said, said something about somebody hey, in that equation. Hey, I just I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm that's my opinion and my thought part. That's why I asked right the now. question. Obviously, your opinion. That's, that's my and, thought pattern right now. And you're and, not and, smiling, so I know you're serious. That's right. And All I'm saying is that's sad. So go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Out, go ahead. Two, the, I, I wrapped up the season <laughs> yesterday at, at post game with uh, Coach Sheely. Um, I asked him a, a, quite a few questions about. Uh, the, the season overall, and then we got into um, the uh, off season as far as rec- uh, recruiting. You know what's being targeted, where they're going. Um, and I, he did, I, I did broach the, uh, the subject about transfers and uh, JUCOs coming in at certain uh, positions, somewhat like um, uh, defensive line and offensive line. Uh, not so much the depth, but maturity at, at those positions where guys come in and play with a sense of urgency. To uh, lead a because uh, uh, now this class is pretty much like uh, like uh, will be sophomores, and they 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 finished out their first official season in the Southland. They got a win, road win, beat Nickel State. Uh, folks said it would be three to four years before they even got a win at all. Uh, but I saw some 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 daylight, not a whole lot, but it was it was enough. Uh, they uh, I don't have all the stats and all from yesterday's game. I'll Told up in my in 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 front of me here, but to make a long story short, Coach Sheila said there will be some uh, uh he'll be they'll be out, headed out on the recruiting trail here uh, pretty soon, and he'll be going back to you know the areas where he's coached at before, like at Kansas, uh, state of Kansas, state of California, uh, looking for some uh, position guys. Um, but one thing he's definitely going to show up is going to be offensive line, defensive line, uh, just because that's where it's needed. They need some, they need some maturity right now, especially at the position. The main he didn't. The main thing that I saw this season, what they needed, uh, they needed uh, consistency at the quarterback. Um, it's going to be a while for them to get that. They're probably going to have to. Uh, that's going to probably be one of the positions. Now uh, we didn't talk. He didn't talk. About that position in particular, but that's just me. That's what I saw, you know, this season, and I'm bringing it up. Well, one way to quick. help that is help up front on well, the whole line. Oh, not so, true. So Truly you, not. So they address th- that need first. Yeah. Strength of your team needs to start from the O line and D line. No question about it. Now, I, the only reason, it's it's, the and the reason I'm bringing it up is because will U of H's offensive line get that much better? Because now that they've made a, a quarterback change and it's still inconsistent at that position, not unless they have an ability 
a coach has the has the ability to recruit that and has the knowledge of of getting sizable talent and and taking them up and really training them up. I don't I don't think you see it. I think you see similar things that you talk about um, at that level. I'm still gonna ask you one more time because I want to make sure. This oh yeah, I have Mr. no problem. And I mentioned that this Husky, is what two years uh, away. Yeah. Two years away. Yeah, two years away. Two, oh yeah, be. oh yeah. Texas Southern both times, home and away. Well, no, it'll be a split. It'll be a split. But they'll they'll definitely the first time out. Yeah. First game, yes. I'm saying the first game that they play against each other, yeah. Well, the attendance will be the same. We just need to – yeah, the attendance. <laughs> we just I don't know. The, I, I, it, it won't matter. I don't know. That. HBU Stadium as an HBC, capacity no, 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 will have no, the no, same no, 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 As an HBC ever. reporter, if that's the case, we just need to fold up playing football. You know what? I'm not going to say that. So this that, team has given up 70 points like twice at least. And right? folks have jumped on them and just beat, the, beat them to death. They they have just beat them to death. They run on them all. So this the way. so this game will be what 2016, 2017 season. Yeah, yeah. Not next year. Yeah, yeah twenty sixteen. So, so Doc, you're not saying they won't be improved enough to beat TSU in two years? No, I can't do that. That's a lot of improvement with this same coaching staff, basically. No, I can't. Okay. All right. I can't. All right. All right, Doc. Because you got to also remember by the end, I think a lot of the problems with Texas Southern people. Refuse to acknowledge is the fact that they're still on the major NCA. Oh yeah, and, that, that, and I'm looking at all of that now. I'm that, looking at all of that. They'll be by the time that steps, they'll be fully. Uh, we'll be back up to 85. Yeah, what yeah, is it? 85. 63. 63. They'll be back to that maximum limit. Wildcat Doc's yeah. saying that you are mistaken. That, yeah, is that I, all he's saying? I, I, I just so said too. I don't know anything about football. Now, let me, well, let me, let me say down on what takes place. Hold on, 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 let me, let me just. Hold on, because we can go there. How they going to Yeah, no, no, how many steaks we talking? How many steaks we talking here? How many steaks? Well, I got to make sure, Chris, that you get your steaks. I want at least two. So basically what you're saying is I owe 10 steaks. No, no, we just go two. And since Ralph is the one that kind of pushed this error along, I'm putting three steaks on the line. I want one for myself, one for Chris, and I'm going to give. Ralph won just just because being, yeah because, because. he won so are you, are you cool with that yeah there ain't no problem if y'all had said five I'd have been fine with that too literally I'd have been fine okay with well that. let's get Ryan in here you <laughs> folks from your radio show too so let's how many how many is that okay, yeah right, I, I got no problem five, with that all right five yeah. now but, this is why this man believes that Texas Southern <laughs> won't be the handlers. Texas Southern passed for a total of 48 yards against Jackson State. Jackson State had won a, a football game since September. And the coach talked about that post game. That's who I talked to yesterday. Yeah, I'm sure he was so glad. Oh, he was happy. Yeah. He was happy. Yeah, he should have been happy. Who, who was the quarterback yesterday? And Texas TSU. Southern had a chance. Who? For, for TSU. Uh, Mario Smalls got the most of the snaps. He went 8 of 17 uh, for his attempts. And Jamal Smalls had seven attempts. So he was out there. And he for was one for seven then, because they only went nine with twenty-four. Correct as a team. Damn, and uh, Mario hours. actually rushed as many times as he completed passes, as he only had forty-four yards and interception. They Two scored on offense. Attempt. Yeah, it was it was it was it was it was awful. It's awful, it's awful. But Jack State didn't do much better. They were one hundred forty-eight. A uh, 4.8. Get to the fumbles and the turnovers. Yeah. Get to the fumbles and the turnovers. Uh, turnovers That's, you ooh, had. Oh, look at the Jackson State fumble eight times and, lost, rest my and lost three times. <laughs> I rest my Woo-hoo. case. Yeah. A lot of football was left on the field. I mean, literally. Wow. I brought that up in postgame, too. One of them led to Texas Southern's lone touchdown for the game. Defense scored on the <laughs> touchdown yesterday. Yeah, so. 
walk. You saw you saw a classic yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. Let me tell you now. <laughs> Classically Folks, ugly. It was kind of cold out there. It was raining. Yeah. It wasn't a good sight. No, it was ugly. It was ugly in terms of uh, what's going on. But a lot of that was caused because they were Texas Southern was literally down to walk-ons almost at the team. They lost Porter, who was on the verge of being an all-conference player. Still might get those accolades. Um, you also had both quarterbacks that started the season for them that they were looking forward to do things. They were hurt yeah. going that game. So A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries coming in. A lot of injuries in. for Texas Southern. So what, and the problem you have with that is when you really don't have the depth. Yeah, so you mentioned that. one thing, playing players. Right. So both sides. Yeah, guys, guys, play, right. guys so playing out, out of position. And, and previous podcast that as the year progressed, you really – Believe the lack of depth will come back and start yeah, I thought taking it toll. And it, and it, they told them it really it, it told the truth. And I still thought that at the beginning of the season, I thought it would come down to Jackson State for them to have a winning record. Now, the game that really threw everything off for me was the Pine Bluff game. I think that's the game. And, and, and Coach that talked about that, too. Error, uh, they give much room for error, and they had to get this game. And they should have got this game. But when you're just down to backups, uh, you see what chances you have. And, they were just anemic on offense. You know, 191 total yards. They did rush for 143, um, but they couldn't rush, in my opinion, at key times. No, you know, nobody did. Third and fours, did. third and five, uh, third and threes during the game. They could not uh, get that first down. They would allow them to drive the ball and keep the ball. Jackson State, they did what they could. They put up some field goals at crucial times. They had nine points on field goals and got one big – Crucial touchdown, which ended up being basically the difference in that game. And especially toward the end, on the last drive, uh, TSU's last possession, they needed uh, uh, attempted to get uh, the first down on the fourth. It was brutal to to watch them not not get it. I think it was two yards they were trying to get. Three, three. Well, three yards, and they got and, two and a half. They got two and a half. Uh, wasn't able to push yeah, to get small the, back. Porter's no way you can tell Porter's not getting that. Right, that's true. And, and I'm gonna tell he's you, without a doubt, he's, he's gonna get that. To guy was just too small. You can't do it. Yeah, they lost a uh, kick returner, which was putting them in good space this year. So um, you start to see uh, what happens in the Tristan and why you, why the NCAA when they punish. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, it's meant to hurt, and it hurt Texas Southern. But I want to get into a little more positive news for the other team in the region uh, that was coming down similar situation to Texas Southern. They needed this game. In their case, they needed this game to play 500. And what's odd with this is one of the reasons uh, that Prairie View only played 10 games is they actually uh, sent up as part of that APR penalty. They automatically had the reduction in practice time. But as part of their penalties to show that they were going to move forward in terms of APR is they decided not to play the maximum amount of games they could play, which was 12. So they actually gave up two games for the APR, which um, some people thought was uh, intriguing to make that decision. And the football coach obviously, you know, supported it, but he didn't, wasn't one that really pushed for that. Jonte Abair really had the big game there. Uh, he had an 88-yard touchdown run that looked like he was going to seal the game with four minutes left to put Prairie View up 31-28. Uh, he had a game-high 128 yards, two touchdowns rushing for Prairie View on 17 carries. Man-child, he just continues to get it done. But with four minutes left, uh, 
Alabama A&M, Octavius Miles uh, caught a pass from Jamison Lee, who actually was playing the game with a torn ACL. Just amazing. Doc, are you serious? He just refused to come off the field. Wow. uh, And wanted to play his last game last year. A lot of credit goes to this young man. A lot of credit goes to this young man playing with the ACL. Uh, had 430 yards, two yards, touchdown, two touchdowns, and he did have an interception. Uh, but any kid that plays under that deserves the kudos, and he gets all kinds of accolades from me. Looked like he had led his team to a win at home in his last contest, scoring with just a minute 08 left. Somehow, Prairie goes basically to Lensler Field, 60-some yards, and scores a touchdown. They got help because uh, of a celebration penalty call which moved the kickoff back 15 yes. yards, so they got the ball in better field position. Uh, absolutely. Which, which helped uh, the field a little bit for them. Very much, because they only went 60-some yards yeah. uh, to get that touchdown. But still, with a minute left, 60 yards. I know in the college game, it's a lot of time. Uh, Gabe Dunlap had a big 14-yard catch from Jerry Lovelock to go up 38-35 uh, to seal the deal. They put Prairie at 5-5 five and five for the season. Gave him a winning record in conference play. Um, so we'll see, you know, what does this mean for both coaches because in a lot of ways people are, were dissatisfied with the season. They didn't want to hear about the APR issues for both teams. Fans just don't want to hear it, and I don't think our administrators do a well enough job to really educate them of what it means to get an APR. But I know why they would do that because then it makes their leadership come into question in terms of why they allowing that to happen. And it should. <laughs> well, I, I'm going I'm gonna run from that one. All right. I already see too much they say. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. All uh, right. But uh, I, I, Jerry I, I, Lovelock had 313 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. I said I was going to leave it alone. You still trying to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> he also rushed uh, for a touchdown uh, on three carries, getting nine yards, one crucial in terms of a touchdown. So you – a lot of kudos going up. Dante Abra also received 48 yards on seven receptions in terms of having a big game. But the big player on the wide receiver position uh, had to be Nick Petrie, 114 yards on five receptions uh, for a touchdown, averaging 22.8. So he put up some big numbers. So big game there. Stephon Mahon had an interception uh, for the game. So uh, kick returns, Jonte Abair, just to let you know his name continues to come up. I need to make sure that he uh, gets this accolades. He had uh, kick returns 154 yards on five uh, five attempts, if you would, uh, averaging 30.8. He had a long of 88. He's just a big-time, big-time player, big-time guy. Get it done. And so uh, a lot of credit goes to him in terms of that game. So Prairie View. While they open the season with that heartbreaker to Texas Southern, yep, uh, they find a way to win four straight, as Coach said he would, uh, after starting out and feeling really down in the dumps. He's gotten to 500, while Texas Southern started off very hot, 4-0, and kind of finishing on a major slide uh, in terms of finishing just under 500 at 4-5 and with the losing season. It'll be interesting to see, uh, excuse me, 5-6. and six. Right. How this affects uh, going into recruiting. Yeah, Prairie View talking about opening up a new stadium. Yeah. Coming off of APR issues. Uh, Texas Southern still has a year. They're off APR, but they still have the penalty phase they have to deal with. So, Wildcats, so see, they'll have one more year, and then 
by the time they're ready to go beat HBU, and we'll get our steaks. Yeah, they'll be ready for, for us to win our steaks. Can you grill steaks? No, I can't. But I, I, I trust me. Oh, no, I don't I want him to grill my steak no how. So I'm bringing it to you. Raw. I'm bringing it to you. I'm, I'm getting the steak that I'm bringing it to you. You can cook them any way you want to. Okay. Check it. Oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we going, so I'm we, going to a real meat market now. Oh, so yeah, that's I, two years away. So I look forward to that. Yeah, oh sir. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I need meat market. So we got TSU losing 15-10 Jackson State, PV beating Alabama A&M 38-35. We had HBU losing 76 to nothing. Correct. Yep. And it still had a, a, a quite Rice, a few. Quite a few fans in the stands. Could not end Marshall's oh. undefeated season. That was they that got rolled forty-one fourteen by Marshall. But yeah, forty-one fourteen. Forty-one fourteen. And it looked every bit as oh yeah. Fast. Yeah, and, and, and Marshall and now, is now 18th and eight, ranked eighteen and eight people. I think it 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 it, it will change the slotting depending on how they finish out. It will change the slotting in the bowl slot. Yeah, because they won't they'll qualify for one of the upper bowls because of. The four teams being taken out going to the playoffs. Conference USA has a has a a spot at, in the big boy table. Yeah, yep. some money coming in. But now I saw something this morning. They got you all picked uh, to go to a bowl game. This is who who is that? University of Houston. The Levines, the Fighting Levines. <laughs> they headed. To, they got a place in a bowl game. What bowl is that? Ah, uh, let's see. Wait Somewhere now. local. No, 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 no. At least I think it's Dallas. I think it is. Well, that's good enough because we know past outside the state limits, we're not gonna go anywhere. <laughs> so I mean, that's tell like it is. We we hardly come to yeah to the TDECU to Stadium to see the team play. So let and, alone and I find it ironic. Scott Street, huh? I, yeah, I, I, I you know. find it ironic only because Rice being who they are, you know, their base, they travel well. It's just interesting, you know, to watch those two programs win like this. Well, I found out about traveling fan bases. A lot of that is, is historical in nature. It, it's it's something that has to be taught. Okay. Uh, and there are different ways that it can be taught. Sometimes the university gets involved and kind of fosters it. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's the booster group. And sometimes it's just alumni and a, uh, just a composite of things that just naturally happen, I guess you would say, in some kind of way. And then it just carries on. Southern over the years is, is one of those that is embedded and it just fosters uh, com- in, in, a, in a way that uh, that follows it. Uh, Prairie View, to some degree, they lost some of that luster when they had that huge losing streak with them. Yeah. Getting it back. Jackson State is not bad when you look at some institutions. And obviously the major institutions have put a huge uh, platform in making sure it takes place. They actually have organizers uh, embedded within their campus to facilitate the travel components of it. Oddly enough, where I've seen this taken off over the last couple of years is at the professional level. NFL has gotten involved and oh. picked up from a college level. Now they have created fan-based packages that allows their core, hardcore, if you would, uh-huh. supporting fans to travel up to away games. They've actually started putting packages together, uh, encouraging it, uh, financing it in different ways. And so you see uh, more than ever fans traveling with their teams uh, to do that. So that's why I said that's really something that needs to be taught if you think it's important. Okay. I agree with Chris. You don't see it oftentimes, and that's probably the dichotomy you see with Rice versus Houston, even though Houston in a lot of ways has had more success on the football, football field than Rice. So it's, we just don't support our own. 
period. Football, basketball, baseball is okay because it's smaller venues. As a Cougar, U of H alum, we don't, we, notice I'm saying we, we don't support our athletics. Especially when it comes to the goal, desire, dream of claiming to be in the big time athletic business. Ha! Huh. I laugh at that. You said I, big time business I, and U of H in the same sentence. I oh my at goodness. That. But here's a sign that maybe U of H is trying to be in the big time athletic business. Investigation may be coming aboard because the president, why can't you want to talk about this? Hey. The Chronicle has. <laughs> I read ago, it, but I still don't. U of H to investigate slice of stadium funding. See how I tie that in there? See how I tie that in? I'm a segue. I learned that from Ralph Cooper. The University of Houston is launching an internal audit into the use of $5 million in funding reserved for academics on its new football stadium, which continues to get more expensive. The stadium, which opened this year, but is still being worked on as of November 15th, 16th, and 17th, was originally expected to cost $105 million. That estimate jumped to 120, but costs continue to rise now to as much as $128 million, the university has said. The stadium's growing price tag has cut into funding for renovations to Hoffman Pavilion, where basketball games and other events are held. UA still plans to either upgrade that facility or build a new one completely. They're not building a new one. They don't have the funds for that. Trust me, anyway, that one. But U of H will investigate how a slice of the stadium funding was used. The university spent $5 million in higher education assistance funding, state money that is reserved for academic purposes, to build classrooms for the for the band in the stadium. Now, U of H, oh, let me. You just hit on something. U of H Chancellor and President Renew Couture said Friday that a, quote, quick administrative review, end quote, showed the funding was used appropriately, but she has entered an anonymous complaint through an online university complaint system, and that complaint will spur this audit. Wildcat. On yesterday, while we were standing around waiting for the coaches to come in at post game, it was brought up. It was mentioned, and I had forgotten this. And the person that I know that's in, that was involved in the in the plan of the stadium from the beginning, that it was supposed to have been some classrooms built into the stadium as for to be used uh, for uh, teaching purposes, somewhat like. They have here at uh, uh, have at Texas Southern at the uh, uh, in the basketball around, yeah, uh, and n no one has said those are, that those that facility is is, is available to the uh, to the student body yet. That could be an issue because that means if you were supposed to, if that was uh, was applied to that money that money was supposed to be That's applied to that. If if somebody's butt is in trouble now that that. Somebody had mentioned about LSU. I said, no, it's different. I said, when LSU increased the size of that stadium back in the day, they were able, they, when they went to the state government, the legislature, they told them, unless you put in dorms and classrooms and a library in the stadium, we're not going to appropriate you no money whatsoever. You're on your own. But that's also different from that because the state legislature is different in those two states. Okay, I t and, and, so and that's what I tried to explain. The state of Texas has a legislative law that says that you cannot use uh, state funding 
for right. non-academic use. Gotcha. And that's why you'll see some institutions will caveat to get the money or to help balance it off. Right, okay. They'll put in, right. as you said, rooms that can use for some academic purposes, band usage, which is a musical component right. of the university. Well, oftentimes you see it tied into uh, the physical health right. that, um, department moment, yeah. the university do it. But in the state of Louisiana, they can actually legislatively, within the governing bylaws, they can actually fund components mm -hmm. of athletics. That has not changed. Now, as things have gotten tighter, they've decided to fund it less and less and ask them, but it's not Unlike Texas, it's not against governance policy at the state level. Mississippi, Alabama has similar laws. Now, Florida, which is in a lot of ways similar to Texas on different things, they're, they're the opposite. They're, they're like Texas. They have legislative laws on the books that says unequivocally, not we cannot happen. use, yes, we will not allocate funds from legislative money to state universities for the purpose of athletics. Thank you, Doc. Now, you people that asked for that question to be brought, that subject to be brought up on yesterday, I brought it up, got an answer from the person that understands and knows this, this situation better than I do. Thank no problem. If you got any more questions, when you see me the next time, they'll it, let you know. You let me know. You know it's, it, or it, it, just, it, just tweet, Doc. Yeah. Sure Dr. can. Kenny, Dr. Kenny you know, Dr. Kavil, D-R. K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's either Facebook or Twitter. Also on Instagram, obviously. So I guess you can snap a picture of it and send it yep. that way as well. So however you want to get it to me. And or email me directly at kcavill at th-agency.com. The one thing I've told him, I said, I know y'all listening. I know y'all listening. And I... But back on this thing, I think that's a serious issue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like they can, they'll it, it, find a way to started. pretty much get around it from the standpoint is if those rooms are, in fact, in there for the band, which is components of the music department, uh -huh. then they're within policy uh, that would allow that to happen. But I think she is just uh, exercising due diligence uh -huh. and making sure that it's audited so it won't necessarily come back and haunt her to show that the money that was allocated was di directly related to those facilities that will be used by the band through the School of Music, College of Music. I'm not sure what it's called over there at U of H. A little, bit, little bit more info in this article on cron.com. Some tension has arisen between UH administration and student leaders over use of the facilities with students in 2012 overwhelmingly voted to support Smart. by way of a $45 a year increase in fees. Under an agreement with administration, student groups are allowed to use each of the facilities once a year without a rental charge. Some student groups have been surprised to find a higher cost than expected to use the facilities after being charged to rent parking lots, the stadium's parking garage, and for concessions in the parking area. I'm glad to hear that the student leadership uh, has really pushed back on this issue and are starting to ask. Because sometimes you don't questions. get that on campus. Well, no, if they won't ask. The, yeah, you're right. A lot of times you'll have students that are not very aware. But you'll be surprised. Most of them tend to be a little more aware than, than, than we give them credit for. Oftentimes they are pushed back in silence. In this case, they were trying mm -hmm. to be silenced, but they found a way to make sure their voice uh, was heard. 
and is heard appropriately that if we're going to partner with the university and fund certain things, then it needs to make sure that it, that they do their due diligence to support uh, us in allowing us to utilize this. And unfortunately, it looked to some degree that they were told one thing and then maybe not really uh, dealt in that manner professionally. And that happens at times when people get what they want and then kind of back step in terms of how they are going to allow those to support them. You see that quite a, quite a few of times in the political arena in terms of policies that take place, and people need to stand up uh, and let their voices be heard uh, that that's not appropriate. And Wildcat, I found some spots on the Internet talking about the projection bowl for the for the Fighting Levines. It's the uh, Lockheed. You're just not going to let that go, are you? Why should I? That's the Fighting Tony Levines. They're also known as the Houston Cougars, but there's the fighting, well, I could call them the Travis Bushes, you know, for the in-depth offense that they put on the field all season long. Um, but it's, it is the Armed Forces Bowl. ESPN has That's, a, that's Fort Worth. Yes, ESPN has a projected matchup of the Cougars versus UAB, while uh, the TampaBay.com has a projection of U of H versus California because apparently I think uh, California – the conference may not have enough. I guess it could be um, bowl tie-ins for teams that are eligible. Conference USA doesn't have enough tie-ins, so California may be the next in line for the Cougs to play. And that'll be January 2nd, um, ESPN in Fort Worth. So, Cougar fans, you want to go up there and travel to see that game in person? There you go. Market calendars for January 2nd. Crickets. I'll, I'll be in the Crickets. office working, sadly. But, yes, I'll be in the office working, so I've got to pay the bills. But we can talk about that. So we talked about a lot of different things there. want to take do something a little bit different. I haven't done it in this format. But before we get into who my colleagues are and how you can contact them via the Internet and the social media platforms, we're going to take a moment to hear from our Lovely representatives, sponsors, THG Agency. Are you looking for business strategies and services in the areas of sports management, educational leadership, and project management for your sports camps, AAU teams, local business, or athletic department? Well, you come to the right place. THG Agency is the Heritage Group. It is a fully integrated sports entertainment, educational leadership, and project management consulting company focused on sports leadership and educational administration with six areas of consulting expertise, sports business management, educational sports assessment, data analysis, educational curriculum development, advanced leadership execution, and statistic solution consulting. Our services are well-defined but tailor-made for our clients we represent. For more information, give us a call at 281-330-1341 or email us at info at thg-agency.com. You can also visit the website at thg-agency.com. Thanks once again to THG Agency for sponsoring our podcast. 2015 is quickly approaching, and we're looking to add to uh, our sponsorship stable. So if you want to get in touch with us about sponsoring, please do so. And now, if you have questions about how to contact us, Wildcat, you go first this time. How can folks get in touch with you? Man, that's, uh, that's uh, going to be eating steaks a couple of years from now. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
clear my throat there. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be intriguing. But you can reach the, the Wildcat that, uh, on Twitter, TweetDeck, Facebook, Jerry Lee Woodley Jr., J.L. Woodley 1. Uh, blogger, Blogspot, and YouTube at AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. Yeah, you can hit us on our Facebook page. And the first person oh, yeah. that hits us on the Facebook page, I will invite you to partake in one of the five stakes that I will win. Because obviously one is dedicated to myself, the other one is to Chris, and then Ralph Cooper, I promised one. So that leaves two stakes. So one of them, I think we should share as a family in thanking you to continue to listen to our show. First one that gets on Facebook and understands what's going on here and sides with my thoughts, you get to part. Oh, they got to side with you? They got to side with you and, you and, you and KG? Well, and you didn't make the offer. Yeah, if they want the steak, they will. <laughs> <laughs> and and trust me, we get the steak, so they can oh, side yeah. with you. Because they, they don't work. They don't have to give up the steak if they side with you. The six coming to us, then they side with you, Wildcat. I'm and, just saying. And I'm going to say this because of my health issues, I can only eat one steak. I don't. I'm not. That's the, not going to be a concern of ours. You know, so <laughs> I will. I'll I'll share it around, but. Uh, I'll pick who I who yeah, I see. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Yeah, but the problem would. is you're not gonna have the steaks. Yeah, That's you, what we try to tell you. Don't right. have a okay. But since we're on this about who's not gonna have the steaks, I think we're gonna talk about SEC and the fact that they're not gonna have two teams in the. You know, and that. Oh, that thought. Y'all taking all your thunder. Let me say who I am. Really. <laughs> yeah, you you've been moderating this morning, so oh, you kind of like sat on the sideline and watch your past. You know, other than your cougar rant, that's what I that's what I that's what I got to do. You know, keep your brothers in check. Sometimes you got to, <laughs> you know, keep us in, in line and focus on our topics of discussion. Right. I'm KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. In, in all in all seriousness, but yes, I'm KG of the Houston Round Ball Review on Twitter. T H E H R Review YouTube channel. Houston Round Ball Review, National as record. well as Houston Round Ball Review on Nationally Instagram. accredited. Yes. Houston Round Ball Review. HoustonRoundBallReview.com. That is correct, thanks to the folks at the United States Basketball Writers Association. And look for Dr. Cavill's men's and women's basketball poll. That's right. On that site. Yeah. Yes. And now we're going to, quickly, we'll talk <laughs> basketball real quick. Hold on, because I want to tie this in before we get to the SEC and college yeah. football. Earlier this week, we had go to... My women's hoops blog, because I have the SoundCloud audio of an ESPN media conference call that the Wildcat participated in, featuring ESPN's Carol Lawson and Rebecca Lobo discussing the women's college basketball season. So you can listen to that, listen to his questions as well on the on the blog. Also, you can go there and read my third installment of quotes and my interview with. Gino Oriema, Connecticut head coach the, uh, of the train, as Wildcat referred to them years ago, at a NCAA mock selection exercise. And they still are. And you can listen to, you can read that blog post. They still are. Oh, no doubt, they won 47 <laughs> straight. Games working on, uh, working on another winning streak. But they have a road matchup Monday evening on ESPN2 versus number six Stanford. That sounds like it should be a compelling matchup. It won't be. Not according to the the uh, 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 
Kara and uh, Rebecca, they mentioned that, that was that was a part of the discussion on uh, in a uh, uh, conference call earlier this week. You know, who would challenge Yukon uh, uh, this year? You know, outside of the, the usual suspects that that are mentioned that make it. Uh, that but who are the usual suspects? Usual suspects recently has have been Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Stanford, and then whoever else makes a run. You know, gets hot doing it. One year, Duke. One year. You know, uh, but this year, a lot of freshmen, you know, coming in. But who was the team that was mentioned more than anyone else? Baylor. No. One year. It was uh, uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. That they have the biggest (laughs) opportunity this year to contest the streak of winning championships and of catching. having an opportunity to catch UConn twice in one season. And that hadn't been done in, I think, since Rebecca's uh, well, they played years. When they, when teams South Carolina and UConn play in February, and an out-of-conference matchup. And, they and all then everybody ex, 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 expects them, South Carolina and UConn, to reach the Final Four in Tampa. We'll see. But that matchup, scheduled is February 9th. Will be in Connecticut. That's going to be uh, part of, I believe, uh, ESPN 2's Big Monday for women's college basketball. But talk about the uh, Gulf Coast uh, showcase schedule in Tampa, this, uh, if you can. Which one? Which, which uh, the, the one with uh, UConn. Uh, that's oh yeah, that. Uh, let's see. That. I mean, UConn's in it. That's really all that matters to me. I mean, I can get to more details on it. But there are some decent teams in it. It's good to see UConn in it. But go over there. Their uh, schedule. You can't play Stanford tomorrow, eight o'clock tip off Houston time. Then they Noah Gumagay's sisters on the squad, so it'll be interesting how that team looks offensively. They still have a Houston thing. area player for Stanford, Amber Ron. She's a point guard for the she's Cardinal. Not a Neka or Shanae. She's she, well, she's a point guard. Neka and Shanae were front court players. She would have to score a lot, shoot well, and limit limit her turnovers greatly for Stanford to have a chance in the ball game. Doc don't land. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's. But at least you can tell, folks, you've seen I that you've seen you, that machine up close. Yes, and I think you named it aptly when you call it the train. And as far it's as I know, motive. unless somebody derails the track, trains keep moving. And that's true. With a lot of force. But I want to say this to our friend and colleague, credit. South Southern Cal played South Carolina. I think yesterday, yesterday or Friday to start, to start the season, and the shorthanded women of Troy gave Fitz, South Carolina Fitz, fits. Fits. Well, we understand why. Coach Cooper. Yes, sir. So, yes, the final I score don't care was what nobody 70 said. to 61, and that was at in South Carolina. So, yes, that was uh, on the 15th. But I yes. can imagine the look it after that, be, after that game long. was over. <laughs> that Coach Taylor said, I'm glad this is over. So, I am really, truly glad oh, this yeah, is over. And I, I, I want to say it was Southern Cal was only down with three three points at halftime. So, and they only shot thirty three percent for the game, but they just do what Coop teams do. They just hung around, hung around, hung yep. around, and then Southern Cal finally hey, pulled away. We, we've all witnessed a timeout in front of us. That's all we're gonna say, folks. All three of us have witnessed a timeout in front of us. 
It doesn't yeah, take long. You really want to understand? <laughs> Aside the coaching that many don't get a chance to see. When does a side? Uh, is greatly, is when does the time up close? Yeah, greatly appreciated to see the energy that goes into one of her timeouts. But I want to say, uh, ESPN two is launching. I think tonight is the first of a three-part documentary about Gina Oriema and Connecticut, and that's one of the reasons, another reason why I did my final blog post write up regarding Coach Oriema. And I know people, women's basketball fans across the country, come to the Houston Round Bar View to read and read info about Connecticut, rather than always going to the Connecticut media, which does a great job covering UConn. Because why not? It's that's and the marquee team women's college basketball. So any attention I get at my website regarding UConn is, is greatly appreciated. So I already got kudos Absolutely. from our colleagues about right up yesterday. So go to the Women's Hoops blog at HoustonRoundBarView.com and read that. Some very interesting comments from Coach Oyeme regarding fundamental players oh. and Americans as opposed to international players. You yep. want to read that oh. as well as a little bit more of a breakdown of his thoughts on Scheduling and the importance of scheduling strong teams, non-conference, to help uh, help your conference overall. Who you shouldn't lose to. So, a little bit more details about that. So, yes. As my did colleagues I, did have I stated, say that correctly? Yes, it's, not, it's not who you beat. It's, not, it's who you don't lose to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, as my colleagues have said, you know, Ron Barview, Ron Barview is accredited. So, trying to get national, more national Attention, and with UConn being in the same conference as U of H, it's a great opportunity for the Round Bar Review to grow and get more yep. readers and, and viewers to the website. So, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well deserved. Well deserved. It's, it's, it's helpful. And very quickly, we talk about the season started Friday, college basketball started. Locally, men's and women's, uh, PV men today fell 0-2. They lost on the road in Stillwater to Oklahoma State, 74-52 after losing Friday at TCU. 71-54. Kudos to UVH men's and women's basketball teams on the new coaches on both sides. UVH women won an ugly basketball game Friday over North Texas. On the road, though, some win. 46-42 over North Texas despite wow turnovers. 30 turnovers, but they won 46-42. Well, I guess the question that I want to ask them, was it a, do you think it was attributed to one, like Coach mentioned, they're going to be in shape where they can finish games. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to ask them. They play Monday against Incarnate Word here in, in, here in town, so I'll be there for that. And I will be – now, this is where the three of us, we we're work together, but we also have our assignments and we cover our ears. I will be at HBU because I'll be on that side of town that evening. I, I thought I was going to be downtown, but it looks like my meeting will be scheduled over on that end, so I'll, I'll cover that. Yeah. And. Folks, you will find out nobody in this upcoming season will give you as much coverage as the three of us will concerning yeah. men's and women's basketball in the local and, in the and, area. And HBCUs as well. Yeah, because I actually hit the road and will travel uh, up this Thursday. I'll be back in time for the podcast, but I'll go up Thursday, get a chance to see Texas Southern play Tennessee, and then oh. – play uh, as they return the trip to Norfolk State. Oh, okay. Which is okay. one that I'm really intrigued to see about it. Yeah, because that's uh, that, when that, you have the MEAC right. right. matchups because you don't get a lot of them so I'll get to see that up close and personal. Beautiful arena that they have up there in terms of Spartan country. So I'll get a chance to give you some inside information about that matchup. 
up close. So you already me, have one HBCU that has gotten into the win column at the yeah. one level. Yep. Delaware State beating Yep. Kansas. I did. That win. Uh, on Tuesday. Yep. On the road. Say that again. On the road, yes. On the road. So when I see my friend Tuesday, he'll have a smile on his face and say, hey, pull one off. So let me finish the recap here. Coach Kelvin Sampson, QH Cougars, picked up a good, good road win at Murray State Friday, 77-74. Mm-hmm. Coming from behind and, and picking up that victory, their home opener will be Saturday versus Morgan State. Time has yet to be determined. I think it may be that ESPN. Be a, oh, yes, it's going to be interesting. This should yeah. be an interesting matchup. So, yeah. Morgan State uh, was fighting with Penn State and was uh, leading a little bit early in the game and actually was uh, as Penn State came back and pulled away later. But uh, Morgan State coached by a very solid coach uh, in terms of and uh, made it to the tournament over the last couple and of years. And you know from his days at Cal, sir, Todd Bozeman? Yeah. Thank, I'm thankful that all three – so I'm interested uh, in the, to get uh, over back it. in the game coaching. So yeah, yeah so, so that's going to be interesting match. Rice women, let's see, in Conference USA Media Day, Not, Greg Williams said to me and another media member at our table, he touted one of his incoming freshmen as being an impact player. Game changer for them. Shawnee Rainey was that young lady he was referring to. I saw Rice play Friday against Prairie View. Rice won a game 70 to 58. Shawnee Rainey is the real deal. But trust me when I tell you that. She is the real deal. She's making buckets with left hand and right hand. She's ambidextrous. Oh, Oh, that's different. 21 points, eight rebounds, four assists, two block shots, one steal in 32 minutes. The only bad thing was she was 7 12 from the field, but 7 for 16 from the foul line. So. I interviewed her and Jasmine Goodwine, a sophomore for the Owls, after the game. And you can go to YouTube, Houston Brown Barbie YouTube channel, as well as or the women's who's blog. It's on both spots. And watch that interview and listen to their comments on the game, as well as Coach Williams, get his thoughts on the game and their victory. So the Owls want to know. They'll soon be 1-1 one one because they go to Texas A&M on Wednesday. Get rolled. And the Aggies are top five. They're coming off a 3-0 uh, trip to the Maggie Dixon Classic. But surprisingly... Today, after a solid win Friday over ranked, I think number 18 ranked DePaul, and they won yesterday on Saturday, the Aggies, Wildcats, the Aggies played Texas Pan American today, UTPA, the Bronx. Wow. In Chicago in the third day of the Maggie Dixon Classic. Guess the margin of victory for the Aggies over UTPA. Let me add up some football scores and see uh, if I can get this right. You going eight? Yeah. Okay. Wildcat? Oh, I'm, I'm looking at double digits now. I'm looking at about, about 30 points. Man. Two. Huh? The final score was 63-61. Aggies over the Bronx. Now, you know, I don't normally call Coach Blair. I don't know. It's, it's before a game. Before I see him, before the first time of the season. But I think I'm going to have to make a phone call this week. The Bronx led 40-33 at halftime. So that means the Aggies clamped down the second half and held the Bronx to only 21 second-half points. And needed every, every bit of Yeah, every <laughs> To get it done. So, <laughs> yeah. Winning just by two. So, maybe UTPA. Yeah, we have to keep that. Keep, yeah, keep, they're one and two, so they already had a, a win in the Magnetics and Classic, but maybe UTPA is better than than folks think. 
Right. But real quick, HBU women lost at TCU on Friday, 87-64. They led much of that first half. And I was, what, what, what transpired? Some had to. I think the st- shots stopped, stopped falling. falling. And once again, Some though, uh, Shanice Steenholt oh. of HBU, 24-12 and 12 nice. for the Huskies. So she did her, her her second year in the in the, uh, in the Southland would be good toward her getting postseason accolades this year, uh, only because folks kind of like weren't sure what they were looking at last season. This this year with uh, with help, she'll have an opportunity to not so much freelance, but she'll get an opportunity to to show what she's capable of doing and what she why she was uh, putting those points on the board when they were in the Great West. Absolutely, she's getting things done. The men, HBU men, lost at Northwestern, 65-58. Game was close throughout. Uh, PV man, I mentioned, they lost at TCU in there today to Oklahoma State. TSU opened their season, Lady Tigers, excuse me, opened their season at Oklahoma State on the 16th. TSU men, with the first game of the Division One college basketball season, lost Friday on the road at Eastern Washington, 86-62. Then their next game will be Monday at Indiana. So, Coach Mike Davis, he's not taking it easy on his fellas with these non-conference opponents. Uh, and they were in that game until late, until the second half, I should say, uh-huh. as Eastern Washington started to pull away. And everybody, I think, signed or announced signing the players because the signing period began on the 12th. Right. So, uh, Rice, U of H, women, HBU men, women, PV. Uh, PV has announced, I don't believe, but TSU Lady Tigers have announced their signing and you can get, get that info as well on my uh, basketball blog, Men's and Women's Hoops. It looks like the Rice women coach staff did a good job with their uh, their signees. So you just mentioned there's basketball side of everything here, here on our podcast. You just mentioned something, the Lady Tigers. What's up with uh, with the trans uh, the issue with Tennessee and their uh, women's program? You know, the, the lady uh, balls or the, the, the lady decision balls by will, Nike and, and AD Dave Hart to remove lady balls from every women's sport other than basketball. Right. What's up with that? I know you. It depends on who you ask. Oh. It, it, if you it, ask the AD and Nike, it's just for branding. We wanna, they have a brand. We want to have is everybody under the umbrella of Tennessee Athletics. If that you is their brand. Time supporters well, I, of lady, I, no, I, lady balls. I, I think there are a lot of programs that are starting to move that, and some of this is is a, what they refer to uh, from the research side or academicians. They call it some feminism in terms of the fact that a lot of them don't necessarily want to hear this lady term in front of the name. They feel that they're just as much in touch with the main mascot branding wise. As any other sport. Now, I'd imagine the reason they kept it from women's basketball is that women's basketball has created such a unique brand in itself that they want to remain independent of that. But I would say that that's part of that. You start are starting to see a lot of you. It's more. It's more a southern region, regional kind of yes thing. Sticking with the lady. I mean, I say Lady Tigers for TSU. That's how they refer to La Tech. It's still the Lady Texters. So, Louisiana Tech. So, I mean. It definitely is a regional component that historically brings And there, the I mean, both sides yeah. and have heated discussions about uh, it. There's also a cost component associated with that. That's a whole different uh, branding logo that you have to have for the university 
if you're going to go with two different names, Lady Tigers and Tiger, mm-hmm. for example, versus just Tiger. One more thing, talk about the Rockets, who found a way to eke out a one-point win over the awful and winless Philadelphia 76ers. But today, ESPN.com and other NBA outlets are reporting that the Minnesota Timberwolves are shopping forward, small forward, big guard, Corey Brewer, and two of the teams mentioned as serious suitors for Brewer are the Rockets and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, the man. Kevin McHale drafted Corey Brewer, and last year before Corey scored, Corey scored 51 against the Rockets last year, but even last season, I was told and heard numerous times that if the Rockets had a chance to acquire Corey, they were going to make every effort to every effort to do so. So is it a prime example of that? And with Cleveland, the Cavs need backup, quality backup for LeBron, limited minutes, and Corey Brew and Kevin Love are, are good friends. They're tight. So from days in Minnesota when Kevin was there. So we'll see if Rocks are able to pull that off. He'd be an upgrade at the wing spot for him for sure. It'll change, thing. It'll change. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to get out there. But I did want to back up real quick because you said – depending on who you ask, and you talked about the AD side in terms of the equation, who's the other side in terms of who you may It's ask. the supporters of Lady Vols Athletics, old heads, people who, who uh, traditionalists. traditionalists who supported Pat Summit, and uh, I mean, just is much more people who have grown up as followers of the women's athletics at Tennessee. And I think at the Season opener, Tennessee play, I think, Penn, women's basketball. There was fans in the, in the crowd who had who handmade posters or whatever with the, a picture of Dave Hart and a line drawn through his face, you know, in the sign of protest. But they're not thrilled with this, this decision. So so he said he's going to do it for all women's sports? Except oh. women's basketball. Out of respect, as he's – termed it at the press conference out of respect for Pat Summer and everything she's done for women's athletics. It's interesting to consider everything that Tennessee softball has accomplished and Tennessee track has accomplished yep. in this track and field. Yep. Yeah, I agree, know, but so. it's not it's not at the same level what Pat Summit has been able to do in terms of a recognized. So man. let's let's shift gears here, talk college football. All right. Let's start with the SEC. Let's start with the athletic director's uh, situation. Um, Where? I, it, first of all, at, at Jackson State, it got. I saw that up personal and up close yesterday. Doc, that is an ugly situation over there. I didn't know it had. I didn't know it was to. It's one thing to hear that. It's another actually to see that up close. That was kind of brutal yesterday. That was kind of brutal. What did you see? Because the listeners want to understand. Uh, I, I told you last week yeah. there was an incident uh, at Jackson State at a home game where the athletic director uh, got into a confrontation uh, with some individuals right. at the game, and she was literally asked to leave. Some say escorted out. Uh, but now you're talking about another incident. Incident. Folks were leaning over the rails and in the stands, just screaming and hollering everything. Didn't care who was around. Didn't matter what. And these were folks that weren't drinking which told me there is a mentality that's going on that they want that issue resolved yeah. in, by any means necessary. 
and it, it's one that. thing to, to see that you know when folks have been drinking because you kind of like this, it, yeah. and outside you kind of like blow that off and says, oh okay they're just a bunch of drunkards. But no, these folks were from the time that she was seen on the sidelines yesterday till More that game was uh, oh yeah pleasure. oh it was brutal. And as we talked about the game being ugly for Texas Southern, it was just as oh. ugly. Uh, they, they, and, they, and they wanted to the Jackson they, State fans going into halftime. The they want the coaching staff to just keep going. Wow, that's an ugly situation. I don't know how they're gonna resolve that. <laughs> but well, they said they already had the money. That what, 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 nothing what, what Doc, Jackson can do. And you understand that one reason some people say he was so happy about winning the game, he can at least feel that he got one he, last win he before he a, go and walk off. Because I gotta write this number down. I, I'm not going to because this shocked me yesterday. I didn't know uh, to what extent now that they were uh, they wanted him gone, but somebody wants him gone bad. Is that correct? That's yeah. What? Yeah. He, he oh my. Two hundred fifty plus two hundred sixty-two, two hundred sixty thousand. That's a, that that's a lot of money to sweat. Yeah, that's that's what he was brought in. And that's based on alums. That's not off the books. That's the alums had put up a lot of that money. So, okay, well then that will explain that. Okay, now you say that's a lot of money. No, I'm talking about no, 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 swag no. now. I'm just going to do in a comparison. Yes, Florida, Florida is the largest today. It, it, Florida, I was told it was the largest. It, it was the most today. Most. Florida announced that Will Muschamp, head coach, is no, not return. I tweeted this that season. this morning. I, I was looking for that because that and, was and the buyout for Muschamp is six point three million dollars. Folks, that's why he somebody can can do politely, that over there. So. That's why he politely said, "I agree. It is time for us to go in a different direction. Let me take my money and roll out. Back, do this in a nice professional manner, such that I can resurface at the appropriate time." time. Yep, Lane Kiffin, perfect example. Man, that you man take that money and go. That man, don't that be frightened. That has more lifespan, but he always his was a little different. He stayed ahead. He kept moving. Yeah, but uh, he when he saw that when he saw that when he felt the heat on him, he just said, I'm, "We gone, we out." Who's who's the best team in college football after yesterday? I'm gonna have to go with Alabama after what I saw last night. Really? Yeah. The same Alabama team that struggled with Arkansas. They just got their first win against LSU. Hey, yeah, know, right now they 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 making a late season run. They making a late season run that looked like they Alabama were at home. They, but they making a late season run. I don't care. They making a late season run. And Florida State, I don't. You, tell me, you tell me just, what that you, is about you now. The, you with the, too much of that hype. Who was the best know. quarterback out of those two? Jameis or Alabama quarterback? You ain't got to think about that, man. Come on now. As messed as, as messed up as his off field trouble is, Jameis Winston's way better than Alabama quarterback. Yeah, it's not even close. And because of that, because <laughs> of that, that's why I yeah. pick Florida State. Florida State is on neutral field. They have some questions on their defensive side, but that team knows how to win. But Jalen Ramsey, Florida State, is not a question mark for them. He was everywhere last night against Miami. He was blocking yes, he was. extra point, rushing the quarterback, getting deflections, ended the game with an interception, dropped back in coverage yes. as a safety. Yes. He was. Now, don't get me wrong. All over the field, getting it done. They, they you know, very tremendous. the Noles have weaknesses. I mean, heck, yeah, they lost eleven players to the NFL, so you know, naturally you're going to have, have a have drop off. Yeah. But yeah. they're still undefeated and have won twenty six straight games, and now they are the number one team in the AP poll. Yeah, and we'll see where they stand. There's a there's a lot that I like about TC on the offensive four. side of the ball with the speed that they have over there. Very a lot of talent there, offensive schematic. 
uh, coaching ability. I like what they do. I know some people are still fans of Baylor, Browns, believing that they should be in there. But Doc, another one that I think you got to keep your eyes on, quietly getting it done. Uh, he's shown that he's done it before, and if you're gonna give love to Nick Saban in terms of the guru, in terms of somebody getting it done, you got to go up there to Ohio State. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. He is quietly that that that, that, that kid that, that quietly quarterback, and people anybody that quarterback getting stuff done. I was going to say you said very early yeah. that the quarterback was the truth yep. and he's yep. starting to show people yeah that yep. don't doubt. See, that, see, that's when you showed your knowledge. <laughs> see, you lost your knowledge when you talking about HBU being TSU <laughs> to you, <laughs> folks. Yeah, he bumped off the turtle truck. Oh, he, he, that's how he fought. He had to say that hey. about Houston Baptist. But that's okay. But, but Doc, the AP poll, Mississippi State lost, but they fell from one to four. Yeah, but the, the AP poll is – No, 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 no. I'm just saying. No, no I know no, what you're saying. But essentially in the – Right now, it's two – And I agree with Doc. But the AP poll is irrelevant. In the scheme of things, it's Tuesday night. Yeah. It's Tuesday evening. AP poll is nothing more than a marketing thing. Now we, I agree. We, we, but we got what? Three more okay. weeks? Okay. Yeah. We discussed this yeah. last yeah. podcast. Who are your top four teams in the playoff right now? I know Ohio State. I just State. talked about it, so I'm going to start with Ohio State. There you go. Can't leave out Florida State. Okay. All right. Alabama with their win, I'll give them credit. Okay. That's suggesting that Alabama is going to find a way to beat Auburn. I'm not sure about that. Okay. And we'll come out. And then last, I gave some love to TCU, but you know, I got to go to the Pac-12 out there. There you go. With Oregon. Oregon, okay. All right, same four. Same okay. four. And only because of what they did on yesterday. Yeah. And, 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 now, there's some teams out there I say keep your eyes on. Obviously, you got to continue to look at Baylor. TCU, I left out. They're in a position that they're going to get it done. And one last one that everybody's got quietly and Baylor still Arizona has, State. Yeah. But they lost last night. Yeah. yeah. Arizona State lost last night to uh, to Oregon State. Right. Yeah, I was watching most of that game, and I thought they were pulling away. So, I guess I nodded so, yeah, off a little they, too late. Yeah, they were leading. And then this morning I saw the final score that they lost 35-27 Arizona to well, they're, Oregon they're State. They're the now. Yeah, they, they, had, they, they could have worn out. Yep, they were out scored fourteen to three in the uh, fourth quarter. They can throw a monkey wrench with Oregon, man. But yeah. outside of that, they're done. Yeah. Okay, and my four got to be different. I can't agree with both of y'all. Yeah, that's kind of boring if I pick out the same four y'all pick. So let's see: Florida State, Alabama, Oregon, and TCU. So you leaving out? No, 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 no. no. Yes, I am. Yes, TCU. So you gonna leave out uh, the Ohio State and Baylor? Right now, yeah. Well, things change. That's what. Yeah, but, 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 hey, but, and but, what one thing about it, every week, you know, somebody, somebody pushing that button. Yeah. But folks, every week, put somebody pushing that saying, button. Oh, speaking of, what transpires between Georgia still has Georgia take to play, and right uh, late, and they've also got to hope that they can get themselves together for the uh, that uh, SEC they'll be, championship they'll be game. Ready for the championship game. And they could really throw a monkey wrench well, in the SEC. Only reason they I say beat, that because they beat, of the Florida. They, 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 they beat they Alabama or Mississippi State. Uh, I see the SEC being shut out. It could happen. Folks, because t- right now, no two-win team is going to make it. 
Not now. Two losses. Two losses, yeah. Two losses. They, 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 I agree. They, okay. That's not going to happen. Now, folks who who have complained about uh, the head-to-head Baylor beat TCU in, in that yeah, pinball that, game. And I, I didn't game. listen to the crew this morning, but uh, I, I will. Just, I'll check it out. This, TCU this. was ranked ahead of Baylor because the committee <laughs> cites overall body of work, strength and schedule. That's how it is in basketball tournament because there have been instances – in basketball, where a team lost to one team twice. Yep. But the overall body of work was yep. weaker than a team that they lost to. But they beat twice. Yep. And the team that had a better body of work overall made the tournament, and they didn't, despite, despite the fact that they beat that team twice. So it happens. It's happened in basketball, and now you're seeing it with these with the committee on the football side, meeting and with, and they're going over different things that basically have their own version of the nitty gritty that Wildcat and I have seen, you know. Oh yeah, but up basketball. close. So we, so don't be surprised if that happens. If TCU loses, lost to Baylor, but has an overall better body of work. And so that things they that would they're get looking at, in, you know, the and, final four. and how subjective it is at this point. Um, TCU has wins over one, two, three, four, five ranked teams, and when he when they beat these teams, they were excuse me four ranked teams. When they beat these teams, they were ranked pretty high. You know, they defeated Oklahoma when Oklahoma was four. Oklahoma State, which doesn't look as strong now, obviously when Oklahoma State was fifteen, uh, beat West Virginia, which was on the road uh, when West Virginia was number twenty, and then obviously when Kansas State was really rolling at number seven. They defeated them as well. Obviously, people were pointing out that they had a tough road win last night that many people thought should have been uh, more but, decorated than it was against Kansas, thirty-four to thirty. Yeah, that, that might hurt gets, a little bit, but yeah, I, yeah. But I, it, I think you get those kind of games every once in a while, particularly coming off of two big-time wins. But in conference play, you get that. But it'll be interesting. Their upcoming opponent, November twenty-seventh. Yep, yeah, Thanksgiving. We, yep. And Texas is playing. He's in Austin. Playing some good football right They're now. Playing good defense. On the defensive side they, of the they, ball. They they became bowl eligible yesterday. And they they put the like wood off. to uh, <laughs> Oklahoma <laughs> State yes, in Stillwater, twenty eight to seven. Yeah. The defense. Yeah. Coach Strong's defense. No, it wasn't. They the so it'd be interesting to see TCU's offense against the Longhorns' defense. And the offense is coming around. In terms so of we shall see. Swoops got look pretty good back yeah, then. So it'll be interesting now, Baylor. Baylor has their chance to make a statement coming up late. I mean, they do play Kansas State, uh, who's 13. They can float up a little more. Uh, but that's the problem they have. They have Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, who's not going to really help them uh, close out the season. And their big win is over T- TCU at number nine. But the other one was as Oklahoma is starting to reel, losing some of their players and stuff like that. And their quarterback at the time, Oklahoma was 15th. Oh. Overall body of work. We heard it time and time again at the NCAA yep. mock selection. So yep. we do hear it during yes, the yes, football yes. Uh, shows as well. So and I do understand that. I am a, tend to be a head-to-head person, but I still think you have to look at overall body of work. Doc, do you have anything regarding HBCU update? Yeah, this was Upset Saturday. Upset Saturday. One was in the SWAC. Major level and mid-majors, and you're right. We'll talk about the SWAC. We'll talk about the MEAC, some upsets there. Actually, two teams were upset 
that overturned the apple cart that's really going to mess it up for the MEAC. You know who MIAC I'm concerned last with. Last week coming into the media conference and everything, we're really looking at that they could maybe have three teams in the playoffs would have been the most they had ever. Now, based on the two upsets that took place, uh, it looks like they're probably just down to one, basically the automatic bid, which will be a solid team uh, in terms of that. As you alluded to, we'll talk about the SWAC ups, up, upset. It really uh, doesn't mean too much in the big picture, but it does kind of uh, make things a little more interesting. But we'll start out with the mid-majors where all the fun really was at. This was championship weekend for the mid-majors. Let's start with the SIEC, then we'll go into CIAA, and I'll let you know ahead of time with the T's there was an upset there. We'll talk about how it went down. Let's look at the top five in terms of the mid-majors. You can get the entire top ten. It will be unveiled tomorrow morning unless you hit me an email directly, and I'll send you uh, the top ten poll this evening before it is actually released to the public. That's kcaville at thd-agency.com. Outside of that, it will be released tomorrow on various sites, namely onadon.com, www.onnidan.com for that information. At number five, you have Albany State Golden Rams, 73-7-0. They lost a thriller last night uh, to Tuskegee Golden Tigers. The SIEC, I'm working with the commissioner. I know he's brilliant in a lot of ways. He had a couple of games on CBS a sports network, he has to find a way to get this championship game on television. The CIAA game was on television at Spire, so I will ask him what's going on there, and hopefully they can make that happen because we missed a brilliant game. Um, I will give some love out there to HSRN, who does a broadcast for HBCU Sports. I was able to listen to there. He does a great job, one of my colleagues in terms of that matchup. But a thrilling 47-41 victory by Tuskegee. That was like the Prairie View game we talked about. Oh. Five scores in the last quarter going back and forth. With Tuskegee literally scoring with 20 seconds left in the game. They got a safety uh, at, at the end. As Al- Al- Albany State was trying to figure out how they could do some miracles at the end. But since, essentially it was 45-41 on the last touchdown. And then a safety made it 47-41. It gave the Golden Tigers uh, shortly uh, before the podcast. I'll try to look it up and see what the playoff bids will be. Uh, Division two, it comes out literally on NCA about five o'clock, so I can see if I can get an update. And I'll jump back in before we end the podcast to see if I can give you that information if I can find it. But essentially, Tuskegee should be in uh, because they won. They were ranked at like number four in terms of the region and the way it happens for NCA Division two. If you are win your conference, you're in the top eight of your region, you will get the bid to the playoff. Outside of that, you need some uh, help. It looks like Albany State obviously will be left out. They were at number seven, so they really needed that victory to do that. And then we go with the upset of mid-major football. Some people would say even HBCU of the year as Virginia State, after not being able to play in the championship game or the ugly things going on, Last year, losing their quarterback, their starting quarterback, to an incident off the field in terms of that pulled him away, uh, that they had to suspend him. Freshman backup quarterback uh, leads them to a 21-17 upset 
of Winston-Salem State to win the crown. Uh, beautiful job uh, by the Trojans as they get it done. Nico Johnson passed for 127 yards. Probably his biggest play is the fact that he didn't turn the ball over. Um, as much as you've seen Winston-Salem play right in the hands, they turned the ball over, um, which led to some scores by Trojans. And they did exactly what they needed to do to pull out that victory, 21-17, to in terms of being the big team in the 100. And we'll find out where they rank as we finish up with the top five. Bring us to number four. We're going to jump out to Division Two and go over to the NAIA, just up state adjacent to Texas right here. Oklahoma, the Langston Lions, 73-5-0. They continue to win two first-place votes. They've won the Central State Football League. Uh, ranked number 17th in the country last weekend at the NIA level. As you see, ranked four in the mid-major division. Uh, Coach was interviewed on the radio show this weekend. Very excited what they're doing. He believes they're going to make a run in the playoffs. They have earned that bid. We'll see how that checks out in terms of where they'll be placed as they close out the season, winning 7-3 uh, over Bacone Warriors this past weekend. Tuskegee, we just talked about. They actually dropped, and that's because of the major upset at the top. They did drop one ranking, although they won. Tuskegee Golden Tigers are 9-2, 7-0. At number two is Winston-Salem State Rams. They fall on in one spot. People ask the question why they didn't fall below Tuskegee. They defeated Tuskegee earlier. We just talked about head-to-head matchups. I am a component of it in terms of head-to-head matchups, particularly with two teams even in records and things of the nature. Obviously, when you lose a win, has a lot to do with it. But in this poll ranking, it looks at head-to-head to some division. And so Winston-Salem State is number two. Number one, as you obviously would think now, is Virginia State Trojans. 9-2 overall as they get their big-time win. 7-0, five first-place votes. Both Winston-Salem State and Virginia State should get bids to the tournament. Uh, coming in, Winston-Salem State was at three. They shouldn't fall past six. And you had Virginia State at seven. They should jump up to probably five because there were some losses in terms of other big-time programs in that region. And so I would be surprised if both teams don't get in. But I, like I said, we'll try to check that for you. On to the major division. More upsets as we talk about HBCU weekend. So there are changes at the top. So look, listen to the top five. You have one of the top six teams that was outside of top five jumping up into top five, moving up, and we'll tell you where that happened. You had losses by three of the top four teams, including number one. So let's start right there where the upset started at. Instead of giving you the top five, I'm going to give you the top six because all these teams are in the business of getting it done. And we'll look at Grambling State Tigers. As you talked about, big upset in the squack was Alabama State uh, paying some homage. Coach was a little, Barlow was getting a little tag. Remember last week we talked about the fact that he was asked to resign. Well, he may have found a way to make that a little more difficult as he goes on the road and gets obviously his biggest win of the year, defeating Grambling State 37-23. to Big time win by the Hornets on the road and getting it done uh, as they continue to move there. Big play in that game. Malcolm Cyrus rushed for 180 yards. He did have a fumble, but he was big. Carried the rock 27 times. Malcolm has rushed for 1,500 yards this season. 
This is a small back, but he's getting it done. Very talented guy, and he really put it on the line to help get that victory 37-23 over Grandma State, who still is ranked number six. Alabama State is in the top ten. Like I said, if you want the poll, email me directly, kcaville at thg-agency, or just check out honordon.com tomorrow. It will be released in full stead. At number five, Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, they tumble as well. Losing 40 to 35. That was a Thursday night game broadcast on ESPN, Hampton Pirates. That is Coach Maynard. Coach Maynard actually interviewed for the job here at Texas Southern. Uh, didn't get the job at the time. He was really wanting to get back to Winston Salem State uh, as they made the run that year to a semifinals and the following year to a finals in terms of losing in the championship game. He finally decided to leave. Uh, the leave the Rams to go to the Pirates, and he finally made a statement. People thought he would sometime this year, and unfortunately for those Wildcat fans, he did it at their expense on Thursday night as they defeat them 40-35, to when I say them, defeating the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, who are number five. At number four, South Carolina State Bulldogs, 7-4, 5-2, uh, they were rolling. They were number one. Number one goes down. They go on the road into Maryland to Morgan State Bears. Morgan State Bears, new coach there. He has the Bears playing back. The Bears are relevant for the first time in maybe 20 years in the month of November and December as they get it done defeating uh, South Carolina State. And unfortunately for uh, the MEAC, probably dropping out South Carolina State and obviously the win by Hampton over Bethune in a lot of ways, maybe dropping uh, both of those teams, definitely one of those teams, will not likely get a bid. Morgan State won that game 24-21, to scoring with a minute left. Very exciting game. I happened to get a chance to listen to that on the radio. Something told me that may be some magic in the air, so I listened to that on their uh, broadcast locally. A great game, scoring with a minute 24-21, pulling out, getting done to defeat the South Carolina State Bulldogs, who were number one, they go down, now they're ranked number four. So now, who are the new teams at the top? Number three, surprising a lot of folks, steady is the horse that gets it done. Southern Jaguars move up from number six, eight and three, seven and one, very solid, getting it done, defeating 44 to 13 in Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils uh, as running back Leonard Tillery rushed for 162 yards and a touchdown on 21 carries, continues to get this done. What's this shuts up? In two weeks, as we know, as both teams are off this weekend, but let's get right to it. We'll bring it back to you loud and give you some other things. But what this sets up is a classic. The Bayou Classic is relevant again. Southern Jaguars versus Grambling State Tigers, both are 7-1 in the conference. So whoever wins this truly goes to spoils. Do Not only do they have the bragging right, state right, the Bayou Classic trophy and all that goes Florida, they end up in Houston. NRG Stadium to play for a SWAC championship against number two right now, the Alcorn State Braves. They were hanging behind, but with these upsets, they shoot up all the way to number two. Very well deserves as they continue to roll eight and two, six and one, defeating fifty-six to six the Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, Golden Lions in terms of getting it done. Quarterback John Gibbs Jr. right here out of Houston. For those they want to well, high school. Booker T. Washington. He getting it the done. Folks over there on that Studio Wood area. <laughs> yeah. They happy. 
He's representing Very happy. John Gibbs Jr. passed for 200 yards going 15 and 19 as he is putting himself in a position to get the SWAC player of the year. So let's watch what he does right here out of Houston. You're talking about some bragging points. Three touchdowns. He also rushed for 75 yards on seven carries as he is showing his talents as a quarterback that has improved quite a bit from high school to his credit, continue to work at his craft. Number one, not surprising anybody. A lot of people thought they were probably the best team in terms of HBC sports, but they had that head-to-head loss to South Carolina State earlier. Remembering that, I can remind everybody, Kashawn Quick, the quarterback, was out in the Atlanta Football Classic, but it was a head-to-head defeat as they got shut out in the game 13 to nothing. Well, they're back in the business. They're rolling now, 9-2, 6-1, defeating 34 to nothing, shutting out the Savannah State Tigers, who are 0-4 on the season, so that doesn't surprise that they shut them out. But that's their second shutout in a row. Remember, just last week, the Morgan State Bears that we told you upset South Carolina State. Y'all forgot. The Aggies shut them out last week and putting up 40-plus points last week. That'll let you know how talented the Aggies are. Slow down, slow down. You're saying the nickname, but you didn't say the whole team name. North Carolina A&T Aggies. That Aggie pride. Appreciate you letting me get that out because they will be uh, texting me and emailing me if I didn't do that as they are celebrating down there. Running back, Tourette Cole. Rush for 115 yards. Another small back, Dominion back, that gets it done. Three touchdowns on 13 carries. Big-time play. Uh, by him, and so top five programs are at the major division level, uh, starting with six. Grandma State Tigers gives them some love. Number five, Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. And number four, South Carolina State Bulldogs. Number three, Southern Jaguars getting one first-place vote. Number two, Alcorn State Braves getting three first-place votes. And number one, North Carolina A&T Aggies getting seven first-place votes. It should be interesting as we go down the spoils. One thing I will throw in here, locally, Prairie View A&M Panthers getting to 500 has put them back in the top 10, just at number 10, as Norfolk State Spartans fell out, losing their game 4-7, to 4-3, allowed Prairie View to jump back in 5-5, five and 5-4 five, five and four for the season. It'll be interesting to see, can Prairie View stay in the top 10, as a fact, we just told you that they're only playing 10 games this year, so this season is complete. So all the work that they can put out there has been done. It's going to be based on what everybody else does to see if they're able to stay in the top ten for the rest of the season as we have some big-time games left the next couple of weekends, including the playoffs for those teams that get in from the MEAC. Thanks, Doc. I'm going to wrap it up. Wildcat, got anything on your brain? Um, No, don't have a rant to finish out today. Everything went okay. Doc, anything else you want to Add to the listeners, for the listeners? No, I'm going to try to dig up, as I said, real quick as we look at it, uh, Division Two playoffs. I'm going to see if I can pull that up as you kind of okay. uh, provide some thought before we close out. going to uh, read a few quotes oh, uh, from a, a uh, person. And you, Wildcat, tell me who, once Doc pulls up the, uh, the info. Yeah, I want to close on your note there. Okay. So I'm going to jump back in here and give this. I got it All already. Right. Virginia State is in the Division II playoffs. They go in as a third seed. They'll be in the Super Region 1. Concord is number one seed. Bloomberg is number two. Virginia State is number three. Number four is Westchester. Number six is ILU Post. Number five is Slippery Rock. So it looks like Winston-Salem State. Slippery Rock, a uh, name is, I hadn't heard in a while. Yeah, it looks like they were shut out. They did mm-hmm. not get in the playoffs, so wow. they lost 
uh, really hurt them yesterday. Tuskegee gets in the third lead, and they will play West Virginia. They're in Super Region 2, Lenore Ryan. And number two is Delta State. Number three is Tuskegee. Number four, North Alabama. Number six is West Georgia. And number five, Odos, the state. So Tuskegee and Virginia State will get into the Division II playoffs. Um, Winston-Salem State is out. The PSAC schools uh, get in uh, as LIU is on their way out as well. They get in. So disappointment to the CIAA Winston-Salem Rams as they lose uh, not only a conference championship, but they use the rain at the playoff. So that'll do it for those that are really intrigued about the HBCU sporting landscape. And, uh, folks, you can, as uh, KG mentioned earlier, you can listen to the uh, uh, previous uh, media teleconference call that was done earlier this week with uh, ESPN uh, uh, on-air uh, on analysts Rebecca Lobo and Carol Lawson uh, with uh, – Media panelists call, uh, call in, uh, myself included. Uh, quite a few things were mentioned, uh, especially the one that we have been discussing here on the uh, uh, last couple of weeks about players on suspensions and injuries. And from uh, from the two pl- uh, former players, the only difference now is that we hear about it more. You know, it goes back to what everybody's talking about, uh, social media, uh more uh, coverage of the women's game, things like that. You, uh, it's not passed, uh, not passed over anymore. You know, it's more people to, to check in and find out what's going on. I heard a state. I heard Kara say that. No, what? I'm not sure. I agree with that. We'll have to discuss that a little bit more. Give, give them some more thought. Because I'm not sure that I agree with that. that but you, but because you will it's admit, more, though, it's it's it's. it's They've gotten more coverage than they were when, when she was more, in school. More coverage, yes, but I, I do believe that there are student players. I'm not getting all that student-athlete nonsense. Players who are not going to class or, or who, who are being passed, helped pass through academically. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a combination of both. I'll say that. Duly noted. Duly noted. Quote, I have never heard anyone complain about the money, the amount of money George Clooney makes. No one says a peep about the fact that this guy makes probably more than the highest paid player in the NBA. It's mind-boggling to me that people think that the players make too much given that that this is a multi-billion dollar industry and they do not enjoy most of the money that's being made. It is insane to suggest that these men make more money than they deserve. It is insane. One more quote. I'll give the league credit. They have done a great job controlling the narrative. They've done a great job promoting the notion that the owners make all the investments and take all of the risks and barely make a dollar. And these young men, all they're doing is playing basketball. They're making millions and millions of dollars playing a game. One of the things that I have on my list that I will absolutely not go to my grave until I correct is responding to that narrative and no longer ceding the public dialogue to the league in that regard because it doesn't accurately reflect who these guys are or what these guys do. End quote. Who is that? Who said that? I'm going to answer this this way. Folks, it's going to be a work stoppage. 
I think that comes from the new uh, representative of the Players NBA Players Association. The executive director, Michelle Ms. Roberts. Michelle Roberts. Speaking you truth. better not, you be, as they say, Coach Calhoun she said, you swing. better have your facts together because when you start talking to a woman about money, you better have your numbers together. She's sharp. And she, Am I wrong, fella? No, mm-hmm. not at all. Not at all. But even if you get past that, just that framework, if you look at her body of work. Oh, yes. As the fact she's done some things. have uh, stated that arguably she's been the best trial lawyer in the United States in terms of some of the cases that she's worked on. So she's well respected in terms of those law advocates that kind of trump that and rape lawyers out there in terms of that. So if you haven't had a chance to hear what Chris is talking about, uh, there was an article on ESPN. It's one of the places you can go to get her quotes uh, that you just heard that go in a lot deeper. And I would advise you to take your time to read it because she's very sharp. And the framework that she starts with provides you a different perspective uh, that many people uh, have not necessarily heard, which is unfortunate. We have talked about it right here on this website, uh, creating that new dialogue and change. Uh, such that people get a more balanced approach of what's going out there. And she makes an excellent point when she said that the NBA has done an excellent job of putting out the narrative that favors them, even more so of the NFL, which to me, just as a side note to kind of compare the two, is you see the incident taking place with Adrian Peterson in the framework that the NFL in a lot of ways is literally writing the rules as they go. Yep. Which is unfortunate when you think of an organization that literally uh, collectively bargaining, which is a class I'm teaching this semester in sports law. So it's perfect timing. And my students are actually are doing a case where they will debate uh, this actual framework in terms of collective bargaining with a group getting the act as if they are Michelle Roberts from the NBA players uh, versus Uh, acting as if they are the commissioner for the NBA uh, moving forward. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. And I thought that was an excellent way to end the podcast, to give the listeners something to think about. And I encourage you personally to go read uh, that article. Again, you can see it on ESPN called NBA Owners Expendable. Uh, Union Chief says when you listen to Michelle Roberts and her thoughts about moving forward. It's it's on ESPN.com, and the entire interview is in the current edition of ESPN the magazine. So go get your hands on that copy or pull it up on the internet. Or your, you know how folks do, on your iPad, your iPhone, your tablet, etc. Yep. Gentlemen, thank you as always for your, your time, your knowledge, and your opinions. Listeners, you know where to catch the podcast on iTunes as well as SoundCloud.com. We all have ways for you to interact with us. Sponsors, we're here for you. Help, help us help you grow. We have our uh, podcast available on the Facebook, KG, Fifth Ward Wildcat, and Doc Facebook page. And Doc is serious about it. Go to the Facebook page, and you want to be on our side, the winning side of the HBU TSU two years away battle for steak. five stakes out there. First one that does so it's five we'll get a stake. Well, because Wild, you know, Wildcat, he's not going to win anyhow. So <laughs> it's five we're going to keep this going. And I, and I hope that each of us, as these two years pass, that we'll be able to generate more interest from uh, TSU coaches 
and HBU coaches as well. If not the coaches, maybe the staff. We have friends of, um, of both staffs. Definitely. Little friendly smack talk. So yep. that's fine. Yep. So, yep. So once again, fellas, thank you for everything. And we'll be here again next week, same time. And wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion. Yep. Be true. Have mercy. Be cool. Yes. And do more. Thank you.